Okay, what did uh, Niger say? Cracker Jacks, hot dogs, nachos, and definitely wash it down with a nice cold beer. All right. <laughs> you, sound like a, you, you sound like a politician. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Are you kidding? Another one! 8.15 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Just a quick aside. Eric once told me as we were laughing about something in the break, do not do that for a segment. <laughs> Don't do that on the radio, <laughs> Do please. not do that on the radio. All right, so I won't. I had no intention of doing that on the radio. Too much else to get to this morning. Super busy on the politics, legal front... I mean, I guess, is, are these court cases, is that politics? Well, it's all political, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So the Trump yeah, stuff, the Biden political. stuff, we can classify that under politics? I think so. Okay, so this morning, it's looking like former President Donald Trump will appear in court once again. I just saw a headline that, that he was actually on his way to the courthouse this morning. Does that surprise you that he's nope. going back? Nope. Let's cover that first and why it's significant. Uh, the former president was in court for the opening of the civil fraud case against him. The New York State Attorney General is Letitia James. No matter how powerful you are, no matter how much money you think you may have, no one is above the law. Former President Trump calling this case, as he has others, a witch hunt, even accusing prosecutors of election tampering. It has been very successful for them because they took me off the campaign trail. Because I've been sitting in a courthouse all day long, instead of being in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, or a lot of other places I could be at. So the thing about that is he could have been any of those other places or all other places, because at this point he is not required to attend the trial. But you asked the question, does it surprise me that he's going? Now, this is like his most powerful calling card. Right. This is his most powerful. But doesn't it bring more attention to it? Which he absolutely wants. You're right. The fundraising effort. I get it. Like he does help his brand and he gets more fundraising out of it. But at the same time, by being there, doesn't he then tie himself again into a courtroom sitting there like next to his lawyer? Which he's using. uh, That's my argument, which he's using to his advantage, not a disadvantage. He's saying like, this is politically motivated. This is what you can't let them get away with this. And he is the face of that. That. And then the other thing is you don't ever let anybody else control the narrative. So if he's there, then in the hallway, the cameras are there. and He he gets to put his like, hey, I could have been in New Hampshire. (laughs) For example. Right. But he gets then. His opportunity to speak, whereas otherwise it's just in the hands of what happens in court today, particularly as the prosecution is making its case, that's going to be all anti-Trump, anti-Trump, slam on him, slam on him, slam on him. At least he's there then to give his side of you know what he thinks the story is and then keeps himself and his part of the narrative at least part of the conversation. That's why it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, but uh, interested to see if he does, in fact, show up. It's looking like, um, was it ABC was reporting he was on his way to the He was on his way, right. Yesterday we had full chopper coverage of the drive from Trump Tower to the courthouse. So that's former President Trump. President Biden's son, Hunter, he's due in court today. Hunter Biden had hoped to avoid all this, first with a plea deal that fell apart over the summer, and then with a request to take part in today's arraignment by video conference from his home in Southern California. The magistrate judge who will take his plea insisted the president's son show up in person. Hunter Biden's lawyer says the charges related to his 2018 handgun purchase are only being brought as a result of pressure on the Justice Department from Republicans. It's not clear when or whether other charges might be brought related to tax crimes or possible violations of foreign lobbying laws. 
Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. Now, here's a guy in a White House who does not want to be in court, right, or be seen in court. He's trying to be not in court, but uh, he has been compelled to appear uh, as Hunter Biden. So that begins to play out today. Still questions, uh, as indicated in the report, as to whether or not there are other charges that could stem from this investigation, whether any of that extends to current President Joe Biden. You also have the impeachment inquiry ongoing in the House as well. That's related to Hunter Biden and his activities. So that all playing out. But so not a huge day in court today, other than the fact that he's going to be there. It is a day, right. And he'll be there, yeah. Where should we go next? Elsewhere in Washington. Could have a vote as soon as today on a challenge to the leadership of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who's continued to war with far-right members of his own party, namely Congressman Matt Gates, who filed a motion to remove McCarthy as Speaker. The threshold to, to, to trigger a vote is very low. Like, I think he basically just says, I, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And that such a vote has only actually happened twice in U.S. history, 1910 and 2015. In neither case uh, was the effort to remove the Speaker successful. ABC's Justin Finch here real quick on that. If every Democrat in the House votes to remove McCarthy, Gates would need just four other Republicans to remove him as Speaker. Some Democrats could just vote present, lowering the threshold needed to remove the Speaker while giving Democrats some political cover. So he had posted, he had said this a couple of times now. McCarthy, again, last night after this all came out, uh, posted on X, you know, bring it on. Because he's very confident that he is going to survive this. And uh, Gates posted, I just did. I did bring it on. (laughs) This is me bringing it on. So we do have exclusive audio of the closed door session the two had where they were yelling at each other about this. Well, then you better bring it. Oh, it's already been brought yeah, so sorry, <laughs> it's already been brutten. Yeah. That's where we are with that. What is that from? Is that like uh, one of those cheerleader movies? Like Bring It On? Or no, get it? it was like from Scary Movie or something oh, like that. Where it, was, where well, it has already yeah. been broughten. Or, yeah. Did we? Um, did you guys talk about Fire Alarm Guy? Uh, briefly yesterday, this came up. The congressman who decided to pull the fire alarm and pretend it wasn't a big deal. So this uh, representative, Congressman Jamal Bowman, who. You know, actually scared a lot of people by pulling a fire alarm in a house office building. That was Saturday. It was right before they were about to vote, right, on the crucial keep the government funded thing? Yeah, so there is some question about that as well. I have some of the audio of him talking about it. Do you want him? Yeah. All right, so here's his latest. Uh, Do you still stand by your statement that when the fire alarm was announced? You know, I don't know why this has gotten so much attention. I was literally just in a rush to go vote, man. That's all it was. Are you afraid of any repercussions, either from leadership or from legally from capital police? I mean, listen, I take responsibility for what I did, you know, but like I said, I was in a rush to go vote, and, uh, you know, the investigation will, will, will sort everything else out. Uh, have you talked to Jeffries about it? Oh, yeah, of course. That's day one. Yes. How was that conversation? Well, I got to keep that between me and the leader, so I'm not going to share that publicly. Yeah, uh-huh. no, we've been in touch with each other. Well... Okay, first of all, the the whole outrage over, like, why, why is this a big deal? Well, I don't know, because it's so totally bizarre, man. <laughs> Listen to the reporter go, uh-huh, after uh-huh. he says it. Listen. You know, I don't know why this has gotten so much attention. I was literally just in a rush to go vote, man. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. Are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, next question. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it continues, and I'll, I'll say this. Like, is this the worst thing that anyone, any member of Congress has ever done? It's not. And... I think folks should be ready to move on to a certain degree. That said, he's kept it alive by his BS 
first initial explanation of why why did you pull the fire alarm, man? Well, it was an accident. Now, what is accidental to you? <laughs> Define the right. word. To me, an accident is, man, I reached for my briefcase or whatever. I dropped yeah, this and I yeah. went up and my shoulder hit the thing. Like, that's an accident. I accidentally did that. I made a real bad judgment and <laughs> deliberately pulled the fire right. alarm. That ain't no accident. You did that, man. <laughs> and then continuing to call it an accident and then putting out an explanation about the explanation. Well, it's sort of an accident, but it's not. I don't know what I don't know what you do with this guy, but just They're all reality TV star wannabes. That's what these guys are. All of them. All of them, Vince. They're all doing valuable work. No. On behalf of the people. Very few of them are. 823 on Wisconsin's morning news. Hey. Eight twenty-seven on Wisconsin's morning news. One text on the old National Bank talk and text line eight five five six one six one six twenty. Since the congressman was a former school principal, how could he not understand public fire alarms and, in particular, the disruption caused by false ones? Yeah, that, yeah. that one too. Oh, this thing goes off. Uh, I like too. Like, well, typically this is a door that's open. No, it's not. There are big signs there that say an alarm will sound. So that's also not true. Yeah. Hey, usually when we talk about artificial intelligence on the show, we're a little bit apocalyptic about it, like, and sometimes with a with a sense of humor. Yeah, I like to have fun with it. Yeah, this is a real bad AI no. story, real scary. These are awful. This is just absolutely awful. Experts are warning about a new disturbing scheme targeting teenagers with the help of AI, artificial intelligence. Basically, what happened was a group of boys in Spain... These boys are accused of using an app to digitally undress dozens of girls. Sophie Maddox is an expert on cybersexual violence. She says the apps are becoming more and more accessible. These apps virtually strip individuals, and that enables folks to distribute images of them in attempts maybe to sexually shame them, to humiliate them, or just because they think it's funny. And one thing to point out here, we're not talking about, not that it's okay with anybody, but we're not talking about celebrities. We're talking about just classmates they're very compelling and convincing photos so that it really does look like it's a picture of, of the victim nude carrie goldberg she's another one that works with some of these victims that have uh, can suffer significant amount of uh, stress and anxiety and everything else from something like this um very highly publicized not just celebrities though not just not just ones that are in the public eye these are just kids going to school where something like this is so here's the place. homecoming photo of the whole group that went to dinner five, six people, and then you run it, you run it through this app and it makes them appear yeah. as if they're naked. Yep. yep. Wow. Yeah. And this is something that they've seen happen, that's happened in Spain, and but you can imagine that something like that can very easily be done anywhere. The good news is, is that we know about it. Also, Madison, they're already working on something to put a stop to this or at least punish people significantly if something were to happen. Journal Sentinel has a story about this. And in fact, I think the author is going to be on with uh, Stephen Sandy on WTMJ Now. A bipartisan bill would bar the distribution of deep fakes without the consent of the person being depicted. A deep fake is when you have a, this, a fake picture right. of somebody in whatever, if it's sexual or just naked or whatnot. Um, this says AI becomes more advanced. A memo circulating in Madison, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel has it, says the bill would protect against a new and disturbing form of cyber abuse and ensure that all Wisconsinites can feel comfortable sharing regular images of themselves online without fearing that one of those images may be manipulated or corrupted into some type of pornography. So we've already reported on the damage that can happen if you have a young person in particular, or I guess anybody, who is somehow coerced or even maybe voluntarily gives up a photo of him or herself. 
you know, in, naked or mm-hmm. what, what have right, you. Right. Maybe it's in a relationship or whatever, and then the relationship turns sour, and then that person uh, blackmails the other, saying, "Look, hey, if you don't do X, Y, Z, I'm going to start posting all these pictures all There's over been the internet. Some tragic stories, right? I'm going to send them to your parents. That, yeah. I'm going to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And yet, yes, tragic. Where kids have literally killed themselves over the prospect of having something like that circulated among their peer group. Right. And at least in that, you could, as a parent, hope to express upon your kids. Hey, don't ever do this. Don't exchange stuff like that. This is why that can happen. But here, it's a matter of, that's not even you. It's nothing right. you've done yeah. wrong Just making this up. So this bill would make it a felony to post, publish, distribute, or exhibit a synthetic intimate representation, also known as a deep fake, of a person with intent to coerce, harass, or intimidate that person. Can we lap off that last uh, phrase? With intent to? Who cares what the intent is? Yeah. Yeah, Stop right. that part off. I don't care you can't if you're trying this. to chorus something. How about you just don't do that? Right. You can't do this. Uh, violators of the law would face up to three and a half years in prison. 831 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight forty seven on Wisconsin's Morning News. I'm excited for this. Yes. So yeah, I love Nigel Morgan. Today's a big day. It's the start of the Brewers' run through October. Here we go. It all begins. Game one tonight at American Family Field. Wild card series. Best of three. Let's go. Let's go. Brewers, Diamondbacks, and we have ourselves a 5Q to get to. And now. Morgan, a smash up the middle. Base hit the center. Tom. And the Brewers have beaten Arizona. For the 5Q. Q is when we ask a panel a series of questions about a specific topic, and then we compare our answers with that of an expert. Well, today the topic is the postseason, and our guest is Niger T. Plush Morgan. He answered some questions for me yesterday when I have them here. So, Debbie, Vince, yep. here we go with our 5Q. What is your favorite postgame you remember watching? Postseason? Post game. What was your post- favorite game in the postseason? Oh, oh, I see. Okay, oh, oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Not, not <laughs> no, not what was on Bally once. Wow. <laughs> no. I was gonna say no. Lane does a Tim great Dillard job. Tim Dillard does a fine <laughs> job. <right? laughs> what your favorite postseason game you remember watching, Vince? Uh, so, the T plush game winner, notwithstanding, which I assume will be his answer. Uh, can I go to one that put us in the postseason? The Ryan Braun home run. In, I believe, what was game 162 over the Cubs that put the Brewers into the postseason in 2008. That, for me, is like burned in the memory. Does that count? Yeah, well, a lot that, of was a, that was a big one. You're yeah, right. If you want to discount, it wasn't technically postseason, okay. but it was postseason adjacent. That was an epic home run, iconic. Debbie? There was a postseason game that I did go to, and that was where I was sitting out underneath the Toyota Tundra uh, area. And uh, you, can barely see, you can't see the Jumbotron or anything like that. I can't remember specifically when it ended up happening and which game it was, but I remember sitting up there going, I can't believe I'm in a postseason, watching a postseason game from right. here. So uh, that I, I remember that first game against, what was that, the Phillies, 08? I remember being at the stadium for that one. Nice. And uh, just seeing, I remember seeing uh, 
A, a man with his elderly father, yeah. arm around his dad, listening to the national anthem because that was the first time either of them had seen a postseason game. The bunting is up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was awesome. Just super cool. Yeah, T Plus said game five. I knew it was my moment. I felt the energy of the crowd, and from then on, he threw me. He tried to he tried to get me on that uh, split finger, but I didn't bite on it. And then from there, I knew he was going to come with that heater, and I couldn't let the four one four down, and I just stayed with my. With what I know best, and just tickle it up the box, and that was the whole, that was the whole thing I knew. And then you know we had to make it happen, and you know from there it was just it was just a magical moment for everybody. By the way, just between you and me, if you ever need to feel good, call Plush. Just have any kind of conversation with him. <laughs> He'd probably take your call. <laughs> he nicest, sounds like he's good for nicest it. Nicest guy in the world. Okay, number two of the 5Q. Best food at the ballpark, Debbie. Brachos. Brachos. Yeah. All right. Cactus League nachos. Ooh, Cactus League. Okay, what did uh, Niger say? Cracker Jacks, hot dogs, nachos, and definitely wash it down with a nice cold beer. All right. <laughs> you, sound like a, <laughs> you, you sound like a politician. <laughs> no, man. Because <laughs> he liked them all? Is that what it is? No, Saying I like everything. all of them. He likes all, all the food. food. The ballpark. All right, number three, bringing a mitt to the ballpark. Yay or nay, Vince? Now, always used to and uh, encourage that. No, no right. age limit. That, oh, no age limit. That's even. fine. Okay. Go right. ahead. Be a grown man and bring a glove. I don't care. I personally won't because I like to, you know, travel light. I don't like to have any bags or any kind of things to carry around or anything. So, but you go for it. What did Niger say? Bringing a mitt to the ballpark, yay or nay? You have to. Even even know that I'm a fan now. Even I bring my even I bring my glove to the ballpark. You just never know when that ball's gonna come to you. But ever since when I was a little boy, my father and my grandfather, they always, you know, you have to bring a you have to bring a glove to the ballpark. Part of that uh, that aura or that superstitious thing about stepping into a ball field. So we went to the game on Friday night, Brewers-Cubs. Yes. And we were already on the road, and my 13-year-old goes, Ah, oh, can we turn? Can we turn? And I'm like, come on, man, you serious? He's like, can we, can we turn? And we were like three minutes on the road. It wasn't like we were that far. So we turned around. Good for we you. got it. And I'll tell you what happened. You caught one? He did not catch one, oh. but we were walking in the concourse, and he had his mitten on on his hand, and the guy who got a foul ball said, hey, open your mitt, and tossed him his ball. There you go. Oh, cool. So it wouldn't happen had See? he not had the mitt. But a lot of conversation afterward about whether or not that really counts as getting Yeah, a there foul is ball. some of that, yeah. <laughs> All right, next one of the five, Q. What do you think is the most amazing sports feat? What is the most amazing sports feat that can be accomplished? In baseball or any sport? Any sport. Holy mackerel. But I just hitting a golf ball is impossible, which is <laughs> absurd because it's just sitting there. But no, I, I, I really believe hitting a curveball, hitting a major league curveball, has got to be one of the toughest things. Hitting it 400 yards right, right? when you don't know it's coming. At all, when you're standing in. And mind you, a curveball is still going 80-some miles an hour. Right. 400 feet, I meant to say. But, uh, Debbie? Yeah, well, since I was thinking baseball this whole time, That's my right. answer would be uh, hitting for the cycle. Ooh, okay, good one. What yeah, did... expand that out. What did mm-hmm. T-plus say? What is the most difficult uh, sports feat? Probably winning a championship or just being able to get in the playoffs. Because, you know, for me, uh, we, you know, I did it with the Brewers, and everybody else, we just we couldn't get in, so... Just being able to get into the playoffs, I would say, is that's probably one of the hardest things besides getting the championship. I think that is a very poignant point 
because that whole idea of like you getting comfortable, getting used to going to the postseason, it is not easy to do. And he just basically said it. Like getting in the playoffs is an amazing thing to be able to pull off. Yeah, I was thinking small on right that here. question. He got he was thinking broader terms, yeah. and yeah. I, I would definitely agree with that. Good answer. All right, 5Q continues. Our guest answerer, Niger Morgan, who's throwing out the first pitch of the game tomorrow. All right, socks up or socks down for a Brewers uniform? Who's going here? Debbie, you up? Um, socks up, socks down. I, I would, I would, there's something to be said about the classic look of the socks up. And also, it feels like it, they'd, be easy, they'd be easier to run. But I think the players are a lot more comfortable with it under the pants. So I'm going to say under the pants. All right. High socks all day and stirrups if you can get them. There you all go. All right, Niger. Oh, basically, you look good, you feel good, you play good. So whatever's going to make you feel good, that's what you roll with. For me, I go socks. I go socks up because I have that old school baseball feel and that old school look. So, you know, I just, I, I stayed with my look. You know, there's sometimes where, you know, it, you know, if you're not swinging the ball so or swinging the bat so good, you might want to switch it up and just say, you know, because baseball players are creatures of habits and we're very superstitious. Sure. So, you know, sometimes you just got to mix it up. And if something wasn't right, you know, you got to you got to at least pull the socks down or pull them down, pull the pant legs down. Got to change it up a little I bit. I want to change my like. answer. All right. So last one. <laughs> last one. We got to be quick here. What's your brew October prediction, Vince? I think we're going to make the World Series. What do you think of that? Fall classic, baby. I think we're gonna have a World Series in Milwaukee. All something, the way. Something about it. I know we got guys hurt, and you know Woody. That was bad news, but I think we're gonna make the World Series. There's something about that. This this clubhouse, Debbie. This is our year. All I think right. I feel this is our year. Come on, guys, do it. Morgan thinks so too. I mean, for me, all the way, because if, if, if it literally, if everything lines up, you get the right pitching, you get the timely hitting, you get the good defense. And then it's, everything's going to work, and I think the Brewers have a, have a good opportunity to take it all the way and at least bring one home for the whole 414. Yeah, the 414. Man, I love that guy. Throwing out the first pitch tomorrow, tomorrow night. Tomorrow, and if you get a chance, I guarantee you he'll find his way to you. If you get a chance to shake his hand and say hello, my God, nicest guy in the world. Nigel Morgan throwing out the first pitch tomorrow. This has been a 5Q. Now he's back in. Well on knee has a new sign from Blanco. He's ready and delivers. Morgan a smash up the middle. Base hit the center. 